Blog Talk Radio. Radio program. I'm Susan Larison Dan, and I am indeed delighted to welcome you here today to those of you listening live and those of you listening in the future because you are all here present with me and with all of us listening in this time. Today is February 12th. 2022. And the topic of today's program is spiritual nurturing. And I will tell you how I came to decide rather spontaneously, as is often the case, on this topic. I have had a very busy week. In fact, I know that two weeks ago, I thought that I might have a live program a week ago, and um, I was occupied with work tasks, and the entire week has been like that, even into late last night. And I slept really late this morning, thankfully, um, spontaneously. And when I decided to do this show today, I was like, huh, you know, am I really up to doing a show? And then I decided that, yes, I really am, because the purpose of this program, especially lately, is to be real, to be who I am in the moment of the show. And the more that I I rather spontaneously prepared for the program in the last hour, I felt more and more awake and more and more engaged with the topic, which is really very important right now. This program today is going to be a gentle episode. That is its intent because we need gentleness right now. The world is sometimes feeling like it's just reeling out of control. And some of us are even reminded of what it was like growing up. Um, in, you know, when I was growing up in the 70s and the Cold War was active and how you, you just never knew what was going to happen day to day. And I think that was more present for us then. Um, and, you know, some of those things are returning to our awareness now, how that felt. There can be such a sense of unease and with all of the different 
points of view with all of the tumultuous things that are happening, um, everything we've been through in the past couple of years, um, just about every family has been touched in some way um, by tragedy or by disagreements or by just this sense of unease. And yet, and yet, I have to say that even in, and I have to say something else, I almost forgot. See, that is the thing. Something else even happened last week in my reality, um, which was unsettling and stressful. And I am so engaged with the topic of this program that I almost totally forgot something that really kind of stressed me out. And, you know, maybe has a low level of stress, just unexpected. And, and you know, these things happen in all of our lives. And I almost forgot all about it. That is the secret of not just spirituality, although that is a part of it, but of something very much related and is embedded within spirituality, which I didn't even know until this moment I was going to talk about, is purpose. When you're engaged in a positive purpose that feels right, like coming in to do this program today, even if you're tired, even if you know you had some stressful thing, and by the way, it's not health-related. Everything is fine there. Um, it's just something that will come and pass. It's nothing even that big of a deal, but spirituality helps with these things in life. Um, it's all embedded within spirituality. It's all a part of the nurturing. Even finding our purpose, even this past week, which was very busy, when I was working within the space of my purpose, which I lovingly call my day job, uh, where you know I do certain work that I do every week, and some weeks are busier than others. This is not my day job that I'm speaking of right now. What I'm doing right now is a deeper, deeper thing. It's my every moment job. It's my... Thing that I'm called to do. So what I want to invite you to consider, no matter what your approach to life may be, perhaps spirituality is not something you think that you're interested in, but I urge you that it is findable so easily by just walking out your door looking out your window, looking at the beauty in your midst, whatever it may be. It could be a plant in a room. I've spoken of experiences where I've helped family members, where I've been with family members in the hospital in the days, you know, I I still feel so sad for those days when people couldn't be together when loved ones were ill because it really does make a difference. And I think in the future we're going to discover that 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 really was harmful 
because you need to be with your loved ones. And, you know, if we're ever in this situation again, my hope is we will have learned from so many things. And here I am launching into a serious topic without intending completely. But just to finish out the story, being in the hospital, um, assisting a very dear loved one, um, it was so helpful to look out the window at the woods. It just happened to have the woods. I've been in other hospital settings where the mountains were visible from a cafeteria in another location. Wherever you are, find a tree. I've been in situations where just going into um, the little chapel that you find in a hospital, in that quiet space, really helped me to recenter. What does it mean to center? It simply means to find that place where there is more peace because then you can function within the midst of frightening circumstances. This program is called The Frontier Beyond Fear. It doesn't mean that every moment you're going to perfectly get beyond fear I'm not beyond fear. When I first started this program, I liked to think of, of, you know, heaven on earth and so many perfect things that that um, we could find. And I'm never going to dismiss the hope that we will find this beautiful space. But it seems that in our human existence here, we are learning lessons again and again and again, and none of them are easy lessons. But what we can find within the midst of all of this is a way to find the gentle. That word gentle, things can ease, even in a moment. Yes, you can go to the chapel or to the garden in a hospital setting and just let things ease for you in that moment, and it will give you strength to deal with whatever it is that you're called to deal with in the world. It will give us strength to think about the more difficult topics and how we approach them, and how we approach them with empathy, compassion, and really listen. And the more closed off we become, the more difficult the path ahead will become. And spiritual nurturing is essential. I return to nature. There's a poem I wanted to read in its entirety today, but I'm not sure if that's okay because it's um, just looking online. I'm not sure if it's something I can read in its entirety, entirety without permission, but I'm going to suggest you find it. There's nothing better sometimes, you know, when we talk about beauty. Looking at beauty is wonderful. Walking in beauty is wonderful. In fact, the picture that I took for today's show is a picture of my foot in the forest walking in an absolutely beautiful wilderness space apart from everything. And that restores my spirit in so many ways. And I've had that opportunity for many years. And for that, I'm thankful. But I also embrace the opportunity. And sometimes when I'm busy, I have to remind myself to do it. And sometimes you can't. 
there are times when you simply can't get away or you're in a situation like helping a loved one in the hospital or any number of things related to work, then you find another way. There's always a path nearby. There's always something to look at, whether you're looking at snow or rain or flowers. There's always something. The poem that I want you to find is The Peace of Wild Things by Wendell Berry. And it was written in 1968, and Wendell was born in 1934. And I'm just going to give you one line, which I know is fine. And that line is, um, For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. The theme of Wendell Berry's poem and book is to find that space of beauty even when there's so much to create unease. Yes, we think about our children, our grandchildren, and if we don't have children, and I don't have grandchildren yet, doesn't matter. We think about everyone we care about in the world and what is happening. This this particular poem, which I'm really going to work on learning by heart because I've I think that that is a very important practice and I was reminded recently uh, by someone who understands this very well just how important it is. To Maybe you're not going to remember a whole bunch of poems by heart, but some of them are worth remembering. Even a phrase is worth remembering. If you can only remember one line, it's worth it. But sometimes it's really very good to have these things accessible to us. The spiritual path for me has been an amazing gift. In fact, part of the stress that I faced last week had to do with a time when I was younger. And I was thinking about who I was then and who I am now and just how far this journey has taken me. And I will say that Although when I was young, I can't say I ever had a time in my life where I was totally not spiritual. I had some idea and curiosity about spirituality and even studied various forms in college as part of just my regular humanities aspect of my education which was very intentionally part of my education, not just the sciences, even though my degrees, um, you know, I have a degree in mathematics, but it was from a college of arts and sciences and later an advanced degree in computer science and also in my undergrad. In any case, none of that matters except that I intentionally did pursue the humanities in combination with what one might call a kind of, um, you know, a kind of trade, although it's a bit more than that. But still, 
we can find the beauty, and we can find the beauty in studying poetry and music. I took music appreciation in college. In fact, let me speak to the young people who may be listening to this program today. I really encourage you, because in the engineering disciplines, I often worked with people who were very uncomfortable with writing and the humanities. It just wasn't something they felt they were good at, although many were interested in science fiction and things like that. Um, it just, yeah, and others, you know, I mean, I can't say this is universal. I mean, I certainly knew musicians, I mean, without a doubt, the more I think about it, and and people into art, I can think of that too. So maybe I'm, I'm kind of overgeneralizing, but some of you may feel like you're focused on a particular skill and you're learning it. Now, whether you'd be listening to this show or not, I'm not sure, but maybe you have a loved one in your family that you can encourage it really helps to look for something that you'd really enjoy, and you would. Don't just look at the humanities as a chore. Look at it as a way to enrich your life. And throughout our lives, and I haven't always done this well, I mean, I really feel I could have spent so much more time and still could. And we get busy, and we don't do it in exploring the humanities, exploring literature, exploring music, exploring art, exploring history. Maybe we can't, you know, recently a lot of people haven't been going to museums, and I'm no great art expert, that's for sure, but I've enjoyed it when I've gone, and I wish I could have made more time for such things. So... That is a part of spiritual nurturing. Nurturing your spirit, even if you don't think you're spiritual at all. And the place where you will feel the spiritual even more, well, I guess I can't say that really anywhere. I mean, it's within art as well, is nature. But it's just so accessible, nature. And you've known it and you've felt it. And it's been with you all of your life. It's right there for you. We're going to need this, everybody. We really are. Because we've got some pretty, um, we have times ahead that may ask a lot of us. It may ask a lot of us and it may stress us out. And as much as we'd love to just get rid of all our stress and say this time is done and we don't need to worry anymore and I'm not saying you should just sit and worry, but there will be times that are going to ask things of us, and every life does in one way or another. And spiritual nurturing, the gentle, the gentle, finding the space of the gentle will help you. And not only will it help you to just find personal peace, it will help you to be the person that you need to be in the world, to be the person who can deal with whatever it is the path ahead contains. On my spiritual path, because I've seen it demonstrated time and time again, there can be many things that feel miraculous, 
But I have also found, and I believe this is true at a society level, at a world level, and at a personal level, there are things in life as human beings that will test us, that will invite us to grow, that may require us to face a lesson that humanity has faced repeatedly because we haven't learned it yet. I believe our soul journey in that we choose this, that we choose to learn and grow in our journeys as souls. And some lives are no doubt very difficult. It is my hope that we can find the path of the gentle, even amid whatever things we face. And I know some of you here listening today are facing some difficult things. It may be an illness. It may be um, financial difficulties. It may indeed be just, you know, concern about the world and what's going on. It may be many, many things that are testing you. When we find our spiritual center, when we find that place of peace, even for a few moments, even if we can't hold it, because you're never going to hold it completely, it changes how we deal with everything. So that's my reminder to you today. I am going to read a poem, and actually perhaps a couple of poems. I swear I've read this one before. In fact, I know I have because I think, well, actually I'm pretty sure I have um, because it just, I found it so fast. These are two poems that just came in addition to wanting to read the full poem from Wendell Berry, but please do look for that. That's a more modern poem. These are slightly older, and they just remind us of the innocence of nature. So I'm going to read a couple of poems, and then maybe we'll reflect more. I may go beyond the span of the live show. I find I'm finding energy despite my busy week. I was thinking I, you know, might... I wasn't sure what I had to bring to the show today. What I have to bring to the show is just who I am. That's what I'm bringing here today to you, and I appreciate your being here. Okay, this is a poem that I just opened to again, So I and it maybe has been some time since I've read it, but let's just talk because it's innocent. It helps us to be reminded of innocence. This is by William Wordsworth, To a Butterfly. And he wrote this rather early. He lived from 1770 to 1850. And this poem was written in 1802. And actually, I don't know if it was particularly early. I see a number written around that period. I'm not an expert on his history and when he wrote all of his poems. But of course, he's very famous. To a Butterfly. I've watched you now a full half hour, self-poised upon that yellow flower. And little butterfly, indeed, I know not if you sleep or feed. How motionless, 
not frozen seas, more motionless, and then, what joy awaits you when the breeze hath found you out among the trees and calls you forth again? This plot of orchard ground is ours. My trees they are, my sister's flowers. Here rest your wings when they are weary. Here lodge as in a sanctuary. Come often to us, fear no wrong. Sit near us on the bough. We'll talk of sunshine and of song and summer days when we were young, sweet childish days that were as long as 20 days are now. That's a beautiful poem that's worth repeating if I've said it before. And notice how it calls us back to that feeling we had when we were young, sweet childish days, that feeling you had in nature, that feeling of that we can have again when we are out in nature. When I, I it took me a while to rediscover this. When I was a child, I loved being out in nature. And I lived in a beautiful place. Um, I am blessed to have spent a lot of my life, although it doesn't really matter where you are, every place I've been has had beauty, um, in the American West, which is just wonderful. And I would be in the mountains, or if I was home, I would be by a creek, or I would just be under my tree in the backyard, and I would appreciate it all. That's still available to me. And it took me um, only in the last 10 years or so have I really rediscovered that and how important it is. When I go walking in a beautiful place, I immediately, without even trying, start breathing more deeply. I've noticed this, that spontaneous breath. And it's even happened to me whether I've been in a a more city setting where I'm walking to a park or in a total wilderness setting, both. It takes you over completely and you don't even know how. This breath. Our breathing is important and on many different shows, I'm sure you can learn how to meditate and breathe. I am not a meditation teacher. In fact, if anything, my kind of meditation is a walking meditation more than any other way. And I've never really been the person who's learned how to um, sit still and find that space as easily, though I can find peace, not the same. There are those who do it more deeply. And, well, I guess that's not totally fair. I took yoga for a while and I learned some things, and but it's not you know, my top skill by any means. The way that I find peace is by walking in nature. And now I'm reminded of that time when I had a loved one in the hospital. And if you are either dealing with an illness or with a loved one, here's something that I found extremely helpful. 
And it wasn't just helpful for the person who was ill. It's helpful for the person who's helping is most hospitals have a nature channel. Not only does it show beautiful scenes, there's no speaking on this channel, and certainly this hospital had it. It's just beautiful scenes. During the day, they're showing daytime scenes, and at night they show the stars, and usually there's soft music playing. That is incredible. In fact, I am reminded that even in regular life here, thankfully, um, when I can't get out, that's a good practice as well if you can find it. I mean, these things exist easily accessible, and I'm reminding myself, this is spiritual nurturing. It's as simple as that. I see the live show is about to end. I do appreciate um, that it's been surfaced today um, to the homepage of Blog Talk Radio, and I know that I'm on a number of syndicated networks as well. Wherever you are finding this program, either live or in the podcast, um, I appreciate your presence here, especially those of you who are here live, because I know you'll be leaving, and do I do encourage you to listen to the podcast when I'm done, because I expect I'll go on another, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe. So thanks, live audience. I really appreciate you. Oh, and FrontierBeyondFear.com, which is a little out of date. I need to put the last show on it, I think, um, is where you can find out more about this program. Thank you. So back to the topic at hand. Um, Spiritual nurturing, the irony of all, you don't have to be spiritual to find it. Deeper still, it will help you to become more spiritual when you you look for it and when you find it. And it will find you. And if you think about this poem that I had read about a butterfly, you found it already. And if you reflect upon it, you'll realize you've had those moments. You can remember those moments. And those moments are very very important. I was going to read another poem, and I guess we have time. There's no time limit here. This one is slightly more complex. Oh, fine, I'll read it. I opened to it this morning, so it, or this afternoon, so it seems to want to be read. This one I have not read before. Um, It's by William Butler Yeats, also, of course, a very famous poet. He lived 1865 to 1939, and I opened to it this morning, or this afternoon, actually, because that's when I planned this program, very spontaneously. It's called The Wild Swans at Cool. The trees are in their autumn beauty. The woodland paths are dry. Until the October twilight, the water mirrors a still sky. Upon upon the brimming water among the stones are nine and fifty swans. The nineteenth autumn has come upon me since First, since I first made my count, 
I saw before I had well finished all suddenly mount and scatter wheeling in great broken rings upon upon their clamorous wings. I have looked upon those brilliant creatures, and now my heart is sore. All's changed since I, hearing at twilight, the first time on this shore, the bell beat of their wings upon my head, trod with a lighter tread. Unwearied still, lover by lover, they paddle in the cold, companionable streams, or climb the air, their hearts have not grown old. Passion or conquest wander where they will, attend upon them still. But now they drift on the still water, mysterious, beautiful, Among what rushes will they build? By what lake's edge or pool? Delight men's eyes when I awake some day to find they have flown away. That poem, once again, was by William Butler Yeats. The Wild Swans at Cool, which I actually had to look up to make sure I was pronouncing correct. And it says in this book from which I read it, which is on British literature, Cool Park, the estate of Yeats's friend. So it, it's the estate of a friend. You may not, and most of us do not anymore. Those two poems are about people in their own orchards or on their own estates or on a friend's estate. And no, most of us in the world do not have an estate to wander around. You may have a backyard that you can appreciate, but maybe you live in an apartment. Maybe you live in a place where you think there is no space of beauty. Maybe you can only go up to the roof. Maybe you can walk to Central Park if you're in New York. Maybe you don't feel safe walking to Central Park right now. Whatever the case, there is nature to be found. I, during graduate school, I will never forget moving to an apartment behind a gas station in Illinois. And although there were some beautiful trees um, on the the grounds of where this apartment was, which is, it was an older apartment, probably built, um, you know, this was at the time, the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, essentially. Um, and it was probably built in the 60s, maybe even the 50s, this place. And um, I looked at the back of a gas station. But what I noticed, because the window was high, it was a higher window, and I was on the second floor, I think I was on the second. I don't think I'm trying to think if it was. There were three floors. I think it was the second, yeah. I noticed the sky. I had never lived in the Midwest before, and the clouds were totally different. I'd visited, you know, maybe a couple times, but I'd never lived in the Midwest. There were a few times I'd been out there. And I started really noticing the clouds. And in that, I found the beauty 
And yes, of course, when I walked out the door and I walked to camp, well, I couldn't walk to campus from there. I had to take a bus because I was far from campus. But when I was on the campus, college campuses are beautiful. And I've worked in places. When I worked in engineering, I was fortunate to work in a place that had beautiful grounds and a lake and a forest and although I probably could have gotten out there more to appreciate them, I at least went to lunch, and sometimes I would walk on the path, not enough, I think, in those days. But there was beauty to notice. Notice the beauty. There's a poignancy to Yeats's poem here, a feeling like something is lost or will be lost, and we all have things that we can mourn when it comes to nature that is lost or that we feel like we are losing or maybe we might feel that we will lose the entire world. I talked about what it felt like in the 80s. It was not a great time to grow up in that way. We literally thought at any moment we could disappear in a heartbeat. And I think that... um, People don't think about that quite as presently anymore. But back then and even before it was even, you know, before I was around, I know it was maybe even worse in that way. There were, you know, I don't, I am not an advocate, of course, of of living a life in fear. But to say that was unsettling is an understatement. And at the time I would write poems about it. And I would write poems concerned about what could happen the youth of every generation has, has in some way, it seems, been concerned about the future of the earth, and I was too. And in those days, you were more afraid of nuclear winter and that kind of thing, or just the whole thing just being wiped out. Um, and, of course, in modern times, there are other concerns. We're always going to mourn the things that are lost in nature or the things that we may lose. And we need to care about preserving those things as much as we can. That's important. And it was for me then and it is now. The reason that we need things like wilderness, the reason why we need them It's because we need places to go where we can restore our spirits. That is spiritual nurturing. Throughout my life, I've been blessed to have places that were wild and free. Even when I didn't know it was a spiritual experience to feel that beauty, not just see it but to feel it. It was there for me. And it's there for you. We're going to need this. The waters ahead are uncertain. The frontier beyond fear is important as a concept. It is there for us in the moment. That is the key. You look at the logo, or 
this beautiful artwork that was done. It was originally supposed to be for a book. And I'm not going to talk about being unwritten in that way because I'm, I've am i been written in many other ways. I've done a lot of writing in my life, and we'll see what books there may be, if any. But Richard Crooks is the artist, very brilliant artist who's done artwork for many popular spiritual books and other things. It shows a door that is opening to the light. That is something we can experience in the moment. Can we believe there is hope for the world in such a way? Of course we can. But we can also become dispirited when things don't go the way we hope for when things seem like they are going the other direction. And we need to find that space of knowing that that light is real and it happens for us personally. And if you've listened to other shows, I absolutely believe in hope and in miracles because I've seen them and I can't tell you what's ahead. But I know that we're going to be tested. It doesn't mean we won't find that miraculous path. When I was younger, I worried all the time. I worried a lot. In fact, people who knew me, I've spoken of this before, would have thought of me as a worrier. I, When I was very young, I'd take a test and I was sure I failed it and then I'd get an A, you know, and I'd I just worried, and I would get stressed, and, you know, some would have considered me quite high-strung as a young adult. And it really was my spiritual awakening that helped me. I mean, I wasn't like that all the time. I got projects done, but... um, I mean, it's unfair to say I was that way all the time, but I worried too much. I do know that. And I came from a line of worriers. I know my mother worried a lot, too, and now she doesn't worry quite as much. Not nearly. Now she's much older and still with us. In my case, and most likely in hers, in her own way, Spirituality made all the difference. That awakening for me, it took a while. It took a number of years. And it's still doing its work with me because as I started this show out, I had a stressful week, quite honestly. And I had to remind myself of who I am and who I choose to be and where I choose to find that peace, and how, and what I know is true. And without a doubt, it helps me. This is my personal testament. It helps me. And I know it can help you. It can help you with every step. Even when you fail, and I fail too, I have unsettled moments. I just told you about some, and I I could 
become unsettled again. The more I think about the things that we have in the world and in our lives to be unsettled about. But the gentle is there for us and can settle us down, so to speak. We can remember that place, that childlike space, that innocent space where it is there for us. The beauty, the joy that just arrives, feeling. I feel it now in a way. You feel it when you're also in your purpose. So, I think I will end this program today. Thank you for being here today, or whenever you're listening, because now we're in the podcast segment. Um, I have... um, Lately noticed, just just today I realized um, this show is on Google Podcasts. I didn't know it. I really, I suppose it's been there for a while. Um, it's really kind of propagating to several places. Um, I do believe in having this program um, wherever it propagates because um, I do believe that it's helpful to be our honest selves and... Um, you know, be authentic wherever wherever the space we fall, wherever we arrive, wherever you're listening, because you could be listening in a number of different places, and I'm happy about that. So, again, thank you. Um, this show will continue to be spontaneous. I believe that's the best. I will aim. When I do live shows, although I can't guarantee it will always be at this time, but I will often do live shows at 1 p.m. Pacific on Saturdays, 4 p.m. Eastern. And generally, they'll be about 30 to 45 minutes in length, seems to be the case, up to an hour. And you'll always find the podcast as well. If you want to be told ahead of a program, though it could be kind of soon before it, like today, um, follow the show on Blog Talk Radio. That's the way you can get emails. But you can always find it if you look for it. So thank you so much for being here And I look forward to seeing you here in the future. Find that space, everyone. May you find the gentle. May it visit you and help you, even when you least expect it and it's there for you. Even when you don't know how to find it or if you think you can't, I wish for you that miracle where it is there for you. Voila, and there it is. And do explore some poetry. That will help you too, or art, or music, or wherever your soul feels led. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 